Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another installment of our foreign horror series, Horror Around the Globe. And in this episode, we are going to South Africa. We are going to discuss a film called Eight, a South African horror story. This is also known as The Soul Collector. This came out in 2019. You can actually watch this film for free on Tubi. The only problem, if you watch it on Tubi, I experienced this firsthand, is when they are speaking their native language, there are not subtitles. So, you know, you'll have to deal with that copy that I have had subtitles for that. I watched them both to see, and the one on Tubi does not have the subtitles. So I really encourage you to actually watch the film. I don't know, Kristen and I haven't talked about our Mm -hmm. opinions yet. No, I I would encourage you. Yeah, to watch the film before listening to our reviews. I I obviously encourage you to watch all films before listening to spoiler reviews, but some more than others. Some I know that it's like I wouldn't waste your time mm-hmm. watching this film because it was horrible. And that's just obviously this is just one podcast's opinion. And sometimes our opinions are even different. But for this one, it's different. I mean, obviously films from different cultures are going to be different, but this one was done well like we've had some where it's like yeah like russians the bride Mm -hmm. it was okay like it's very similar to things you would see over here talking about just like a a paranormal ghost story so like it wasn't good enough for me to say oh my god stop what you're doing right now you have to go watch this it was okay like yeah you could go watch it but this one is so unique it is a south african folk tale from what i understand researching it And that alone is so neat because I don't know maybe, you know, about y'all, but for me, I haven't really heard much out of South Africa or any African countries, really. Uh, Granted, I have not sought them out, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that would be different. But now that we're doing all of this and trying to culture ourselves, (laughs) you know, this is based on South African folktale and assuming they did it true to the folktale. I don't know that for certain, but I would hope so because this did come out of South Africa. Mm -hmm. It is really beautifully done as far as filming goes. And in my opinion, it wasn't like the creepiest thing I've ever seen, but it was very creepy. Yes. She, like the main creep factor, she is spooky sometimes. Like, damn. And when talking about the soul collector, it's it's an evil, but and they do mention demon a lot, but it, it's a little bit different than we would, you know, experience that over here. Because you hear demon over here, you hear that often, you know, and we talk about exorcisms and things slinking around corners waiting to snatch your soul. And while it's similar in this, and we'll talk about it, it has 
to use basically a human but not in the way of possession yes I was it was actually fun because I watched this movie and then afterwards I went and talked to Connor and he was like well so how was it tell me about it and I was almost like I don't know how to explain it because it is so unique and then I started explaining it and he's like yeah I've never heard of a movie at all like that before I was like yeah it was and that was great having something so different I can't even compare it to any other film that I've seen and that's why this has been such a unique experience. We haven't even gone through a ton of films for this, you know, foreign horror series. And we will continue to go through them. But it's been fun seeing that. But, like, we had, you know, Yummy from Belgium. It was a zombie movie. Right. You know? It was a good zombie and, movie, but yeah, zombies. I would say as far as ones we've had, this one and Cub have been the most unique in their own right. Yes. But this one still wins that much even. more yeah because cub was still predictable exactly once you kind of figured it out kind of like a serial killer thing whereas this is like you said demon possession but kind of not it was very like cub was very stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. you know whereas this one was it was kind of like a deal with the devil right but out of grief, which we've, it's not like we haven't seen that, but it's when the evil is different in a different country, you get to see it portrayed differently on the screen, obviously. Right. So, and that's what we get to see in eight. So, so we'll get into it now that you kind of have an introduction, but it's a little, it's not hard to talk about by any means because. There is no, like, Wikipedia, so you can't just, like, go look it up and walk through it with us. But there is, like, a little bit of an IMDb plot point. But I still, again, don't recommend you try to spoil it for yourself if you are going to go watch it. So, you know, go check it out. Like I said, it's free. Like, the thing with the subtitles, what is kind of hard is if you want to know what they're saying, you might have to listen to us. Yes, exactly. So... This film, it brings in a family. It is a a little girl who lost her parents and was adopted by her aunt and uncle. From what I understand. Yes. That's what I gathered mm-hmm. here. And they are going to a farm that was owned by his father. Yes. Or grandfather. I'm pretty sure his father. I do want to bring up really quick this. The film is 2019. It's actually set in the 70s, which I don't know tons about South African history, but I'm pretty sure that's still during the apartheid time. And I found it interesting that they didn't really talk about that. Like we're we're following a white family and then there is a, you know, African village close by, but we don't really talk about those differences politically at the time and I kind of liked it in the fact that this was a folk tale that we're trying to follow so it kind of took the politics out of it where it maybe could have doubled down on it right and then once we get into it a little bit more there is kind of like a the end is actually really well kind of like our climax is actually really sweet Mm -hmm. yes so we they're headed to this farm, and right in the beginning, you see that this man is being there's this 
man laying in bed, this white man laying in bed. So this is the owner of this farm, right? You can assume. Right. And this other man who we find out later is this character named Lazarus comes in and something happens to this man and he is killed by this man, but in a way that is not just like murdered. His soul is taken. Yes. In such a unique fucking way. It's like he looks very like when he's taking this soul, he's it's not really like a, a traditional like sing song kind of thing. It's kind of these uh, almost like throat noises that he's doing and he's holding his hands over and you can kind of see the soul leave the body. It's very ritualistic. Yes, exactly. But later on, we see how it leaves. It's he basically turns them into a moth like their soul. I've never seen that on a film before, and it was so cool. I feel like I've seen a soul leave a body in the form of an insect before, but I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's like a demon mm -hmm. leaving. You know right, what I mean? Not right. like a the person. I think we've seen like demons as like moths and things leaving people like that, like right. in the possession, for example. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about the possession, but that's one. But this time, the people themselves, the souls leaving these people are moths. And they get eaten or kept. Right. Which is, it's funny. I know we're getting away from, but we end up seeing this little girl, Lazarus does, and he shows her the moths and he gives her the moths. And when he does, because he has some moths in a jar. And when he does, he goes, oh, yeah, I found these two, like, getting ready to die on the side of a road or something something like that is what he says and then later on you find out that this is what he's like he's bringing these moths out of people so those are people basically in a jar that he found on the side of the road what happened what happened on the side of the road or is he just lying right. he actually just went and killed those people and kept them in a jar now he's giving it to this little girl so the little girl is, like we said, she has lost her parents and is living with her aunt and uncle, and they are going to live in this farm. And she meets Lazarus one day because she's wandering through the forest and she gets lost, and he is living in the forest because he's been outcast from the village, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. The village, they don't fucks with him. They know At shit. They're like, mm -hmm. Yeah, but they know that he's a little, little spooky, so they don't... Mm -mm. So he basically has to live on his own terms and just by means of the land, essentially, with no sense of community. And she gets lost, you know, and stumbles upon Lazarus. And what's really conflicting in this movie is you love the relationship between Mary, the little girl, and Lazarus. Mm -hmm. It's just sad because when I, I was watching it and Brad was kind of like, moving around the house and was kind of watching it every now and then. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this little girl just met death. Right. Yeah. And he's not death, but like, you know, he kind of is, but not like yeah. death as an entity, but he'll but like leading you. to your death. Right. Yeah. So they meet and he's really sweet with her and you find out a little bit later what happens and why they bond so well. And it makes it that much harder on you as the viewer. And that's so well done. Their relationship is so well done. Mm, it like, is. It hurts. And she immediately has a sense of 
like really close bond with him. It's like they were kindred spirits, basically. Mm-hmm. And so they talk about she has this box of worms, basically. They're caterpillars. And she takes care of them. And she wandered out to the forest to get them some food. And so he's kind of talking to her about her caterpillars, her worms, and she tells them their names. And it's just this very, like, sweet, innocent child and the things that she's into and this older man. And it's just really sweet. And there's nothing creepy about it. No. To you is that, like, now when her aunt finds her with this man bringing her back to the house, she immediately is upset about it. Yes. Well, I mean, I I would, too. Like, you're... I mean, she's, what, eight? You're, I know it's her, not her daughter, like they adopted her, but your eight-year-old daughter goes out into the woods and brings back a 40-year-old man? No. I don't know. I think he's like 60. Okay, a 60-year-old man? Like, still, no, absolutely not. I think instead of reacting the way that she did, though, because truly she could have wandered on to, I mean, I don't know yeah. how much land they have, but she could have wandered all the way to the village and this kind man could have brought her back instead it's of true. her being lost. She immediately was a fucking bitch to him. And like, she could have at least been like, thank you for bringing her back. Like, what's your name? And still been skeezed out on the inside. (laughs) But maybe don't be because he could have fucking snatched her if he really wanted to. Nobody would have fucking found out. It's true. You know, at least he brought her back. So some sort of intention here was good at some point. Well, I mean, you know, maybe not. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Yeah, but I mean, he is... Like, we know he is a bad guy. So, I don't know. Maybe she's just getting some of those mommy feels. Like, no, you get the hell away. Which is what she does. She says, get away from him. He, like, you know, I but he only helped. Maybe, like, hi, thanks for helping her get home. Now, who the fuck are you? Right. You know, go through some some steps. Right. I mean, I'm not saying I don't get it. But also, like, he is still standing next to your kid. Yes. Don't. You know, don't lose it. You know <laughs> don't lose it. Right. Hold it together for just a fucking minute. <laughs> but so she basically, you know, came, comes back and really likes this this man and the the uncle, the father figure for he's not her father, but the uncle is trying to revive this farm. And you find out the intention is to sell it because they were in bankruptcy. And so they are trying to get this generator running and do all these things. And he just can't do it. You find out he's an accountant. So, like, he's really just out of his league. Absolutely. Here on this farm. So he can't get the generator running. They don't have any power. And then we have Lazarus who comes around, you know, found their kid wandering in the forest, brings her back. And he basically tells Lazarus, like, you know, thanks so much, sends him off. But then that night... They're just fucking eating dinner, and then all of a sudden, the generator that he spent all day trying to get work fucking turns on, and he goes out there. Lazarus got the generator working. And he's sketched out at first, but then he's like, well, it's nice to have you around and have a basically a a right hand around here that actually knows, because Lazarus says, I worked for your father. Right. So he knows the land. He knows the house. He knows the generators, you know. (laughs) So, Okay. You can stay in the shed, basically, is what he says. And the shed is basically a house. It's got a fireplace and, you know, it's like a like a ranch hand house, you know. Right. So he tells him you can stay there as long as you help out. And his wife is pissed. She gets, like, the heebie-jeebies from Lazarus right off the bat. Yes. 
but the husband thinks it's ridiculous, whatever. He's a nice guy. He got our power working, whatever. So Mary and Lazarus are like besties. The wife is upset about it, doesn't like him, and the husband's just doing his best. (laughs) Right. He's just trying to get through this fucking thing. Right. That's basically what we have. It's interesting that an accountant went bankrupt. Like, yeah. Yeah. Real bad. But so we also have a lot happening to the wife, which was interesting. Really didn't like something really did not like her. Correct. Because, I mean, she caught on pretty quickly. Right. And along the way, we've been seeing this girl who kind of like crouches on the ground. She's very spooky looking and she's definitely she's African, but they even like painted her even darker. So all you really see are her eyes. And sometimes she's like in a bag and she peeks out or she's like around a corner. Fucking spooky because that's all you see. Yeah, Lazarus carries this big satchel bag around with him, and this girl's just, like, in that bag the whole time. Yes, and she'll, like, come and peek out, and I'm like, oh, no, no. Creepy. (laughs) You stay in that Mm -hmm. fucking bag. Yes. You then get a cut scene, basically, and it's pretty early on in the film. I'd say maybe about 35-ish 40 minutes it's about 35 minutes in so you've had this set up and about 35 minutes in you get this scene with these local villagers about Lazarus's backstory and he lost his daughter in a tragic fire and he made a deal with some evil entity to bring his daughter back so he could hold her again and it fucking did mm-hmm But as we've seen in movies before, this is not unique to just this movie. When you try to bring people back from the dead and you make some sort of bargain with something, they never come back as they were. And she fucking doesn't. Right. And now his poor daughter is some sort of entity that now has to basically feed on souls. And he is chained to this entity now and has to feed it. Yes, like it's not even his daughter anymore, but it's still his daughter, and it's just so sad. I feel so bad for him. Well, and he even says a little bit later, kind of jumping ahead, that he has to save his daughter's soul. So his daughter's soul is also tied to this thing, Mm -hmm. from what you kind of gather. Right. So him, his daughter, and this evil are all kind of tied together, and he fucking put them there. Right. So... He fucked up, and the village knows this. Mm-hmm. They were there, basically, when he did it. He was just suffering horribly. He was grieving and watching this fire, you know, mm-hmm. and they were trying to help him, and he even, like, caused one to go blind because yes. he hit him so hard. So they, uh, there's especially one of the younger men in the village, like, wants him dead. Like, they all do. They None of them want him there. But they know that you can't just go murder him. Like, it's not going to work that way. He has basically an evil spirit latched to him. It's not just going to let you sneak up on him and stab him. Exactly. Because if you do that, then the evil spirit also dies. So... It, it's it's not that easy and the elder tries to there's an elder man an elderly man who basically is i don't know if he's like the head or if he is just the oldest right just but, the wise man right and he tells him like you can't just do that 
you know, and while we're skipping ahead a little bit, so I'll backtrack, but you can't just fucking do that. So everyone knows, like, obviously they want him gone, but they can't just do it however they want. Mm-hmm. It's got to be done right. So, so this young man has been spying on the farm because Lazarus is now attached to this family and he's like, oh, fuck no. You know, mm-hmm. like, he's basically the family's a loss at this point. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay. And he's also keeping tabs on Lazarus. He's kind of their scout is what they say. And so the family thinks that the village is just kind of seeing what's going on. They just moved in. So they're like, okay, well, let's go introduce ourselves. So the head of the house, the uncle goes and takes Lazarus, which was the mistake he made, (laughs) taking Lazarus and takes Lazarus to go introduce himself to the village. Well, when he gets there, they basically tell him that he needs to fucking leave and they're super aggressive and hostile towards him because he has Lazarus with him. Like, had he never met Lazarus, had he never had Lazarus, it probably would have been a much different story. Mm -hmm. But he made friends with basically a demon. Exactly. Not that he knows that, this poor guy. But when Lazarus is there... He tells them they all need to sleep with one eye open. He's threatening the, this entire village with death. Yep. And then he, you know, takes them up on it, too. And not it's not someone that you think it's going to be that he comes back to take. It's this poor older woman. Yeah. And it's the mother of the young scout. Yes. Who's been the angriest about him the whole time. Like, or maybe not the ang- but the most outwardly, you know, I'm going to kill him. Why didn't you do anything about this? You know, exactly. most outspoken about him. So he basically says he's going to avenge his mother's death. And this is also when you really get to, when he comes back for this soul in the night, you really get to see this whole process and that the demon come out of that bag and do this whole feeding and it terrifying scary as shit and it's not subtle and it's not like a long scene and that's you know you don't get to see her a ton but you get to see her enough Mm -hmm. yes that she's still spooky they don't ruin it but yeah it was a very good amount of spook you know (laughs) right so now this young man has like on his mother's, you know, casket, basically, he says, I am going to avenge you. And he tells the elder, I'm going to go fuck him up. And the elder's like, no, like, we will, but at the right time. And he's like, nah. I'm going I'm now. Go do it. <laughs> yeah. And in the meantime, you've got these really sweet scenes between Mary and Lazarus. And, like, one of her caterpillars died. Yeah. And they have this beautiful burial scene for it and he talks to her about death and gives her the moths and you know it's just really their relationship just is so so sweet and they foster that throughout the film Mm -hmm. and that's why you're like so conflicted the whole goddamn time because you're like you love you do love Lazarus to an extent as a character because you feel for him and you feel everything he's gone through but he's also going around fucking killing people (laughs) right exactly and his demon can apparently just get out and do whatever she wants too. Because he tries, it tries to, not 
Lazarus, but the demon tries to kill Mary's aunt. Yes. Terrifying. She puts a hot rag over her face and it basically waterboards her. Yes. Which I don't understand that. I know that that's a thing they show in movies. I would never feel comfortable enough to have a rag over my face in in the bathtub. Absolutely not. Watch way too many horror movies for that. It opens up your pores. Yes, but also leaves you for the slasher to just take you out. Mm -mm. To just open (laughs) you up. (laughs) Exactly. That's true. But she is like convinced. And this is also kind of another one of those typical like woman is convinced something is in the house trying to kill her and something is going on. Husband is like, you're crazy and paranoid. And she's right. Yes. That happens. (laughs) So and also this thing is creeping around Mary's room and you're like, you kind of think Mary is safe. Right. But why? You know. Like, you're definitely led to believe that, but you're also like, okay, but why is she safe? What's going on? Right. So, we have this, let's go back to the scout for a moment. He does come try to kill Lazarus. And they get into basically a bloody knife battle. (laughs) And Lazarus fucking wins. Of course. And it's very interesting because it's like you see Lazarus almost get killed and then the elder tries to sneak up on him and kind of finish it. But then you see that this has happened several times and he just like can't be killed. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Like he opens his shirt and you can see all these like healed stab wounds. Like clearly you're not just going to like kill this dude. Right. He almost got some sort of like immortality or like superhuman abilities or something like that when he made this deal as well. Right. I mean, if he is supposed to take care of and feed this thing, then I would assume he'd have to get something. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't want to die. So it's going to protect this human at all costs and give it something to live, you know. Exactly. So the poor scout does die. And Lazarus does not. And also the demon is going to, on a mission to take, I think her name is Sarah, the aunt. I think so. I was going to say Emily, but I'm pretty sure it's Sarah. So she also is convinced that Lazarus has now murdered someone. And she's not wrong. Listen to your women. (laughs) Right. And she goes to his cabin and sees that he's got this, like, bloodied shirt and also sees that he's keeping a girl in a bag. Correct. Fucking no. Get the fuck out. You just saw the demon. (laughs) Yes. Like, I know she doesn't know that she just saw a demon, but, like, I was like, oh, bitch. She's still fucking terrifying, though. I would be like, oh, my fucking God. That is, I don't know, that's a wild child. She's raised by wolves. I don't know. But she's, like, on the fucking ground being all spooky. No, mm, that is not just a girl. Uh, Yeah, I would. And she does exactly that. She goes to her husband and she's like, you got to tell him to leave right now or I'm taking Mary and we're fucking out. Mm -hmm. And she even, like... At some point, goes up to Mary's room, and Mary's talking to no one. See? Yeah. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> I don't know if I would immediately have thought demon, but mm-mm. no. 
and she shows the bloody shirt to her husband. And then, so her husband is like, okay, well you got to get out. You can stay the night, but you got to get out by tomorrow. I'm sorry. Here's some money. You can tell he doesn't want to fucking do it. And Lazarus knows he doesn't want to do it, but Lazarus knows he's basically been busted by Sarah. Mm-hmm. But the demon's like, all right, well, no problem. We'll just, we'll just go get Sarah. Mm-hmm. It's fine. This is not a problem. <laughs> We've been through worse before. I want Sarah. So, and Lazarus really doesn't want to harm this family. Like, he probably is kind of indifferent about Sarah. Right. But, you know, he. this is basically his bread and butter, you know. Yeah, he's kind of starting to like this little girl. Like, we eventually see that this little girl has given him a drawing and he's, like, holding on to it and looking at it lovingly. Like, he cares about her. She drew her family and him as part of the family. Yeah. So, like, why would he want to fuck that up you know exactly but sarah's like okay well i didn't tell you to tell him he could spend the night i said to get him out now and he's like well i'm not gonna play your paranoia games anymore so i'm gonna go get fuel and if you want to tell him he has to leave the premises right now you're gonna have to go do that and so she does and she gets fucking snatched (laughs) fucking snatched fucking snatched (laughs) he snatches her into the cabin and you're like okay well she's fucking dead right but see that wasn't that wasn't the game really apparently the village now is like all right we're fucking over it Mm -hmm. we're We're going we're gonna go get this motherfucker so and sarah is tied up in the cabin the uncle is away to get fuel and then he goes to get mary the little girl he goes up to the house and he's like hey how about you come with me? And uh, then at this point, as a viewer, you're like, um, no, no, don't, <laughs> don't go with him. Don't go with him. Like the whole time up until this point, you're like loving their relationship. It's really sweet. But now, even as the actor and the character, this was really well done. There's been a shift. Mm-hmm. The way that he even talks to her at this point is different than it has been. Yes. You can hear it in his voice and you can see the way that he is like even standing in front of her. It's different than it has been. It was so well done. I agree. He was an amazing actor. He did an amazing job. Yes. And you're like, don't fucking <laughs> go with him. Please don't go. But obviously, like, you know that that he that she's gonna. So they go into the woods together. And in the meantime, the uncle gets back and he's like, hey, guys, like wondering where everybody is. Sir, everyone like who, your wife is like she's tied up in that shed. <laughs> your your kid is in the woods somewhere. Who knows? And then fucking like you see that the village is on their way. Mm-hmm. Like he looks outside and they are headed to that shed. And they are ready to go. They have their ritualistic paint on their faces. They have torches. They are singing. They're ready. Mm-hmm. They're going to fight this thing. So he goes out there with a shotgun. You know, I get it, I guess. He wants his family. But if this whole village was here and they were, like, singing and stuff, I'd be like, oh, shit. Right. I'd probably just listen, mm-hmm. you know. If I didn't know where my family was and he holds a gun to the elder's forehead after 
the guy's telling him, like, uh, he took your kid and we just found your wife tied up. Who the fuck do you think did it? Right. You know, I'd be like, you right. Yeah, <laughs> you right. You've been trying to tell me you right. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. So they send a tracker out into the woods after him. And in the woods, you've got the fucking demon in the fucking bag just like waiting. And this is so sad because in the woods, you have Mary making a pinky promise with Lazarus. And they're just talking and it's really sweet. And basically makes a pinky promise that they will basically care for each other and never hurt each other. Yeah. Cause she hears about like, he's missing his daughter and she's like, Oh, it sounds like you could use a daughter and I could use a father. And it's like, so sad. Because she's right. And he knows that that's what they both want. Yes. But it's not what he's going to get. Either of them. Not what the demon wants. Yeah. He makes her drink this little concoction And it puts her to sleep. And you're basically racing against time. So everyone back at the, the village back at the shed or the, the cabin is, this is where we get the H. They have drawn lines around it and encircled it in the number eight and set that on fire. And basically this is going to rid this curse and you're racing against the clock here. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they're not quick enough because the demon crawls out of this bag and he takes he takes Mary's moth, basically. Yeah. But what this movie does that you don't really, I didn't anticipate, was it shows them together on the other side. Which I loved. He had to use her to basically set his soul and his daughter's soul free from this curse. Right. And Mary even... He knew the whole time. Right. And Mary even gets to see her parents on the other side. From afar. Right. Which was sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when they are in limbo, they're talking, and... It was basically you can stay here or you can go back and be in the living world. And she basically makes a pact with a a pinky promise that they'll see each other again. You know, it's really sad. Mm -hmm. And then you cut back to real life and Sarah has gotten pregnant, even though they've she's talked about being infertile, never being able to get pregnant before. And this is so it's confusing, but when you think about it, it makes total sense. (laughs) So when the curse was ending, you heard something whisper Sarah's name and she woke up screaming and you're thinking, okay, well, she was under a trance, whatever. Now she's pregnant. And now Mary said she wanted to go back to the living world, but the villagers come to visit and they're helping on the farm now and everything's cool. And they're like, you know, I'm sorry about your daughter. And he even says she wasn't my daughter, but we miss her because he, he's getting his own kid now. So it's like, fuck her, you know, which is so fucked whatever. up. It made me so mad when you fucking said that. It's like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. She died. It's all right. Yeah. And you see Sarah, one of the last clips in the film 
eating a moth. And so she made that same deal to bring Mary back in the form of her own child. And so her eating the moth, she's fucking feeding her her fucking fetus. Her demon baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now she's the soul collector. Right. Yep. So Mary wanted to go back to be with her family, but when she goes back, surprise. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? But it was so good. It was. It was so unique. I've never really seen that ever. It. I mean, we're kind of just talking about because you know how good it was it has a 77 percent audience going to 73 percent critic consensus on rotten tomatoes but there's only about there's fewer than 50 audience scores and there's only 11 critic scores on here but that was enough to come up with a general consensus but at least the fact that of what they're the reviews that there are 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 positive yes because it it is really unique and it's a really good film. It's so well done. And I love the folk tale air about it. And it is really pretty creepy. I mean, it's not over the top. It's not like you can't watch it alone or in the dark. You can. And you can go to sleep. At least I could. I don't know about you. You can go to sleep right after. It's just was very unique and different mm-hmm. in its scares, you know? Yes. It very much had that, like, if you were to tell this around a campfire growing up in that region and that was something you grew up with and they brought it to life, it's like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Correct. For me, this probably would get a solid, like, I don't know, fives are really difficult to give away, but I'd probably say, like, four, four and a half. It was a really strong film. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It wouldn't be a five for me, but absolutely a solid four. The fact that it was so different, she was so creepy to me, which... You've heard Amanda and I say, after watching all this horror, it's hard to be creeped out sometimes. She freaked me out. So, yeah, definitely solid four. Well, if you listen to this without, you know, stopping and going to watch it, there's still a lot we didn't touch on. One, because there's not too much of a plot guideline to, like, keep me sticking to my talking points. So all of this is dug, you know, from my memory. But two, also try to keep it fairly broad so that you can go watch these films that are so different that we don't really get to see over here so you should still go watch it because this is an hour and 38 40 minutes of a movie so there's a lot that you're missing out on just listening to us talk about it for 40 minutes or whatever 30 minutes how whatever this cuts down to so i highly recommend you go watch it if you can find one with full subtitles I recommend it, but if you don't and you do go watch it on Tubi for free, what you miss in the conversation is basically what happened to him, his daughter dying and him making a pact with the devil and then the village discussing that they don't want him there and how they're going to kill him. So, yeah, you know, that's what you miss in the subtitles, (laughs) but I highly recommend you go watch it. It is definitely not a waste of your time. It's a beautiful film. I mean, yeah, obviously it got forced from us, so... We highly recommend it. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You can find us on all of our social medias. Everything is the Extra Sisters podcast, except for Twitter, which is at the Extra Sisters. And if you would like to hang out with us on Patreon for extra content, you can find us on patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. Until next time, stay creepy. Stay creepy.